Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Dreams. Don't know if you've been going through the same thing or not. 
I always especially like the beginning part of May because it's at May Day that the ferry gate opens and that the ferries mm-hmm. are around. And so there, there certainly is a whole lot more of that kind of activity going on and possibility of interacting with it. Although I don't hold as strictly to it, perhaps, as what I experienced when I was in Ireland. And so the ferry gate opens at the beginning of the May, and it closes at the end of October. And I was there in Ireland in November, and the bushes were just filled with blackberries. And they, everyone <clears throat> said to me, I don't, don't eat them. The fairies, the fairies are away. It's not safe to eat fruit now. <laughs> Needless to say, I paid no attention. I paid no attention, and I ate all kinds of uh, wonderful, delicious wild blackberries. But it was interesting to me how how strong that custom was that you that you weren't to cross that at all. And we've been talking about the fact that this trees of the thirteen moon cycle is a European Scandinavian cycle. That the mm-hmm. ogham and the runes are <clears throat> from European roots, and so. As I was doing some work this week, I came upon um, a very special book that I have from Twyla Niche. And it's called Language of the Trees, a Seneca Indian Earthwalk by hmm. Twyla Hurd Niche, Yay When No Day. And <clears throat> she talks about the centering tree, the learning tree, the noble tree, the seeing tree, the benevolent tree, the tree of peace, the tree with the gentle touch, the tree of honor. And it's so interesting to me to see this same impulse in a way. This impulse to acknowledge what the people of the Longhouse, of whom the Seneca are one nation, call the standing nations. The trees are the standing nations. Mm. And they are indeed, aren't they, those who stand and who stand tall. And as indigenous people, as people who live on the earth and of the earth, it behooves us to have relationships with the standing people. I think about um, Tolkien, right, and the Ents, and the, the standing people, the trees who, who walk and how important it is to have right relationship with those. And I thought <clears throat> that we might even look here and see <clears throat> what Twyla has to say about some of the trees that we have already looked at and the trees that we've already talked about and how a Native American view of the trees and the sacred quality of the trees might differ. For instance, I was always astonished at how differently the attributions to the colors were. I remember when I studied, excuse me, <coughs> color therapy. And there was just this assumption 
that what we were being taught was true for everybody, that everyone was going to be calmed by blue and everyone was going to be agitated by red. And so imagine my astonishment when grandmother taught us about the colors and her attributions to the colors were quite different. For instance, yellow is the color of love because the sun is yellow and the sun shines on everyone and loves us no matter who we are or what we do or don't do. Mm. Such a different way of looking at things. Well, we looked at the willow tree. That's one of the trees of the 13 moons, the tree. In this cycle of death and rebirth, the cycle of dancing and wishing and moon magic. And let's see what Grandmother Twyla has to say. Willow, the tree with the gentle touch. The weeping willow is a rapidly growing tree, but it has a relatively short lifespan. It can get large four to six feet in the trunk and reach a height of 50 feet. The greatest characteristic is its gentle humility. We are attracted to the willow by its charm and its grace. The willow adds elegance by swaying and caressing the Mother Earth. There is a gentle touch of femininity expressed by the shape of the willow. The Seneca call it the whispering one from sitting and listening to its rustling fronds. A sense of friendship, love, and joy awakens one's awareness when standing beneath its canopy. It is said that willows sweep away fear and nurture peace. People who are attracted to the willows are known as being flexible in nature. They are easy to live with because of their friendliness, and they make good counselors due to their sensitivity to others' feelings. Willow people are excellent listeners and loyal friends. They are good thinkers, too, and they practice a special kind of kindness. They are soft-spoken and seldom become overwrought. Willow people are very enthusiastic about life. They put everything in to get the best out of whatever comes their way. Willow people make life interesting and productive. So that's not really largely different from uh, what we were talking about with Willow. And yet a very softer perhaps kind of sense of the willow, that kind of grim, the willow is the tree of death and it goes around and around, is missing from that. So, would you talk about the willow for just one minute? I just have to attend to something for one minute. Sure. One of the things that I always remember about the willow is its ability to be flexible and being a martial artist when I was younger, of course, I remember the great quote from Master Bruce Lee, who mentioned the willow as one of the mightiest trees for its ability to, if the snow falls on it heavy, the branches are flexible and soft, and they won't break. So when the spring arises and the 
snow melts or whatever the case may be, then they will bounce back and rise again. So it's, at least in that um, aspect, it's, it's, it's a show, or in that culture, it was seen as a tree of great strength because of its realization of flexibility. Oh, interesting, yes, that, that <clears throat> the strength is from chi, not mm-hmm. from muscle, as we say. Right, from its inner ability to remain flexible, remain so. Because think, just like in real life, you're faster in a fight, like in a martial arts teacher might tell you this, or a kung fu teacher might tell you this, if you're relaxed. You can't run fast when you're tense or hard. And you can't punch fast when you're too tense or too hard. You have to be relaxed. And now, that, that's difficult in, in, a, in a combat situation, but that's how you're taught you know, to say, look, you're going to be quicker if you're relaxed, if you're soft, if you're flexible like the willow. And so that's how we applied it to fighting, I guess. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And <clears throat> to take it one perhaps slight twist more because mm-hmm. of its flexibility, you remember back in the in the kind of the old stories, <clears throat> like <clears throat> of America, that that if a child misbehaved, it had to go and get a switch. Right. And then it was switched across the back of the legs, and the switch was usually a willow switch. Mm-hmm. Because of its flexibility. So let's see what Grandmother Twyla has to say about the oak. The mighty oak is a symbol of strength. People who choose the oak reveal their strength. It is a centering tree. Now here, we're we're totally aligned. Um, The oak, we spent quite a bit of time with the oak. The oak is the great axis mundi, the, the, the great axis upon which everything turns. It is the still point. Oak people, she continues, walk tall and straight. They have an aura of reserve. They are not adventurous, but they will seek new horizons to conquer. Oak people have high ideals and maintain awareness of many dimensions. They make good managers, and they have great self-discipline. Oak people believe in organization and so they live a very structured lifestyle. Their greatest gift is foresight. Oak people look for worthy causes and draw helpers around them to get things done. Life for oak people is full of interesting things. They are motivators. They are creative. They seek shortcuts and ways to improve on any project, situation, or condition to make better living. Their innovations make them excellent efficiency experts. Their eyes perceive detail. They express an image of firmness, reliability, confidence, and sincerity. They are popular and outgoing. Oak people can stand alone on any issue they believe in as an example of inner strength. Their presence adds to any organization. They make good leaders in scheduling major changes in work situations where finesse is a criteria. Oak people are good listeners, and they are the first to give credit wherever it is due. Oak people seek security in silence. Mm. 
Yes. <laughs> we both went, ooh, interesting. Seek security in silence. And I think I know somebody that I consider to be an oak person. And he's <laughs> quite brilliant and an in-law, and he is one of those strong, brilliant, silent types. He doesn't necessarily, though he has a slightly public job, it's like he likes getting away from people. He's quiet, and but he likes being in control. He seems very oaky to me. You know, <laughs> I just recently put out a book, and I remember thinking, man, he was shy. He was shy to do an interview with me. And I'm like thinking to myself, why is he shy about doing an interview with me? He's more well known than I am. You know, it was such a strange thing. And I mean shy because we're related. So it wasn't that it was intimidation. It was he just wanted to be left alone, and I just had to respect that, if that makes any sense. Um, and um, I'm like, okay, I got that. You know, cool. You know, I don't want to seem obnoxious. <laughs> but anyway, it's yes. a strong. That draws others around into activity, but it itself is still. Yes, exactly. Like he just didn't want to be in that mess much, even though he attracts it and brings it. You know, it's really yes. strange. And is that center point of gravity that it can be around, that it can coalesce around, that it can have a life around? Mm. Oh, yeah. And me, I'm almost the opposite where I'm over the top, always self-promoting <laughs> and not exactly always quiet like I'm doing now. But, but I want you to get back, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but it's, uh, it was fascinating to me that someone so shy and but strong but not desiring that much attention had become a public person. And I remember finding that very interesting you know, about about this relative of mine. And, and they wrote a brilliant book, and they they draw attention. He's going to China to teach on his subject. And I'm just like, people are asking for you, and you aren't exactly someone that needs all these people. It's, it's funny. It's, you know, it's it's an interesting balance, I guess, <laughs> how, how we all can be different and, and similar in that way, you know, Human beings are as unique as snowflakes and as similar as dandelions, I always say. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> Grandmother Twyla says, it's worth saying again, oak people seek security in the silence. They are spiritually inclined. They can spend hours in seclusion, centering into their own being. Their quiet times are necessary as their energy requires direction. Oak people appear to be speakers, but in reality, they are listeners. They listen also to impressions that flow through them. They are extremely intuitive and actually depend upon this gift for their decision-making. Hmm. I believe it. (laughs) The birch tree, the white birch tree, that's our first tree, the tree of the the first dark moon after winter solstice. Birch, you may begin, it is the 
tree of conception and the white bark on the white snow at the full moon. And Grandmother Twyla says, The white birch is a beneficial tree and is used commercially. It is also a medicine tree. The bark and the twigs are used for tea. The black birch has the flavor of wintergreen. Birch trees have a sap, and it makes a refreshing drink. Note here, I have been told that birch trees cannot heal themselves like maple trees do. That when you tap a maple tree to get the sap, that it will heal that wound. As a matter of fact, it's one of the reasons for buying organic maple syrup. Because non-organic maple syrup, usually they put a little pellet of formaldehyde in the hole to keep it open longer. Otherwise, you may have to re-drill the hole because the maple is very good at closing it back up. But the birch tree doesn't. My own experience is that in the spring I talk about, a birch tree, a black birch, that one that tastes like wintergreen, that grows just outside my door. And so I'm often right in a place where I can see what happens when we break off twigs and and um, of the tree. And we never break off anything more than twigs that we could just basically pretty easily break off. And yet I have seen that tree drip, sap, drip, 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 drip for hours, sometimes days, after we have broken those little twigs off. So I tend to believe... But I've been told that if you actually drill into a birch tree and collect the sap, that you could indeed kill the birch tree. People who are attracted to the birch tree are gentle. They need others. Birch people do not stand alone. Like the trunk of the birch trees, which are often joined at ground level, birch people are supportive and make close allies and like to be joined by others. There is an unusual beauty connected with birch people, one that stands out when they are with others. Birch people enjoy being close to stronger people and working for people who are running things. Birch women make excellent helpers and can often find that they can do the work of the leader with even greater efficiency. Birch people are extremely neat, and they're always careful to dress with style. Birch women are often petite, and even the men are generally of small frames. Both enter professions with a great gusto and are devoted to whatever they believe. In fact, many birch people become clergymen or scientists. Birch people are highly intellectual and make excellent teachers, lawyers, and leaders. The main concern of birch people is to make other people feel comfortable and to enhance the growth of those who have been deprived. They often enter public-oriented professions. They prefer the arts rather than competitive sports for leisure. Birch people can be good television announcers. me. Yeah. I'm playing, sort of. <laughs> but, I mean, There's you know, one's imagination runs rather wild and sees, you know, the birch tree ant standing there and giving you the evening news. It certainly would be a, a different way to to uh, have the announcers be on TV if they were trees and uh, chosen for uh, uh, the qualities that we felt these trees had. She includes the entire ash family, 
and uh, talks most specifically about the um, ash tree and the white ash tree. The ash is a tall tree. It likes to live among oak, hickory, and maple. Ash seems to be a cousin to hickory because the leaves are so similar. But while the hickory bears nuts, the ash does not. The Seneca looked at the leaves of the white ash and noticed there were seven leaflets, and that those leaflets turned yellow and purple in the fall. Yellow, remember, is love, and purple is gratitude. So people who are attracted to the ash tree, whether the white ash tree or the black ash tree, and I would also add there's a green ash tree, are sensitive to earth energy and seek harmony. Ash people reflect an in-depth understanding of the emotional expressions of youth, adults, and the aged. Because of their sensitivity, they are naturally quiet and reserved. They are the people who are sensitive to the needs of others, who always seem to say the right words and do the right things for people who are under great emotional stress. The ash people possess great insight as well as foresight. They choose to live where they are easily available even if they prefer personally to be in solitude. Ash people sustain peace of mind within themselves and others. Among the ancient Senecas, the Ash people were teachers, counselors, historians, herbalists, and medicine people, that is, people of spirit. Today, those who are attracted to the Ash are known to have intuitive ability and to attract many into their circle of friends. The Iroquois used the splints of ash trees for making baskets. The bark of ash is strong, durable, and pliable. The qualities seen in ash people are reflected as being healthy, loving, disciplined, and flexible. And of course, for ash, for us, ash in the trees of the 13 moons is the third tree, the tree of birth, the tree of relationship between the mother and the child. And we look at how the ash tree grows up so tall and has a a trunk that doesn't branch until it gets up very, very high. And what a, a, a distinction this makes from the trees that it grows with, like the hickory or the oak, which branch out and become spreading trees rather than this tall pole of the ash and how interesting to to get this other viewpoint that w- even though the ash itself kind of is this kind of stately alone thing, here it is. It wants to be with the other trees. It doesn't take itself off like the birch and grow in a whole little group of ashes. Ashes usually are found, as Twyla says, singly growing in a bunch of other trees. When I learned the trees of the 13 moons I 
teased that if I was going to do an American trees of the 13 moons, I would have to include sumac. Sumac is such a fast-growing tree that I once said that if there's a sumac growing in front of your garden gate and you close the gate and go in the garden to work, you might not be able to open the gate when you get back out. And so I am quite pleased to see that Grandmother Twyla has included sumac, the tree of fortitude, in her little booklet. The sumac is a shrub. It rarely grows taller than 35 feet. It is easily identified by its brilliant red berries. Sumacs have a special quality. They are rather like a commune taking over an unwanted site. Soon their dense growth crowds out other smaller plants. The root system is firm, producing a strong independent family group of sumacs. And this reflects the qualities of the people who are attracted to sumac. Sumac people are strong in their beliefs and they stand behind whatever they undertake. They are always ready to bring the truth forward. They have fearless qualities and so they become leaders when the conditions become adverse. They know how to make the best out of any situation or condition. Isn't that the truth about Sumac? My goodness. They're extremely creative. Their ability helps them to bring out the best in others. Sumac speaks about the unity brings strength and the strength that is in unity. Sumac people protect their families and are amazingly confident when they lead. Sumac people are experts in public speaking and have great acumen in the public realm. Are there Sumac trees where you are? I remember... um in Maryland, people talking about sumac and poison sumac, like poison ivy and poison oak, and you know other things. Um, so yeah, they 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 are in this area, and I'm yes, not throughout throughout okay. most of the northeast. The commonest sumacs are the staghorn sumac, which is kind of fuzzy, and the smooth sumac, which is not fuzzy. And those have red berries, which are absolutely edible. Oh, okay. There is also a poison sumac, which interestingly enough isn't related to the other two, but is related to poison ivy. And the poison sumac has white berries. Yeah. The, like it wasn't yeah, the, exactly the same. The edible and berries, the berries are red and they come up in very dense clusters. We're sometimes called staghorn sumac because they come up kind of like horns. And then the poison sumac has the white berries that droop down. Mm-hmm. Also, the uh, red-berried sumacs, the ones that we can eat and use, generally grow in waste places and dry areas. Whereas the poison sumac, it's usually said that if your feet are not wet, you're not looking at poison sumac. Ah, Okay. Right, it's a plant of, and I would think, oh yes, Maryland. Like, uh, I'm sure that that there's a lot of wet areas. Oh, there's in lots of Maryland. water in Maryland. Yeah, there's a yes, depending exactly. where you live. Yeah, very. You got swamps. You got everything. You know, and you got little ponds, and um, it's uh, that's the kind of place it is. 
and a little more inland as well type of places. But, yeah, it definitely has a lot of wetland areas. And where I lived, I was on the water most of the time. So. Ah, so there you are. So the, the sumac, you might still see the red berries of the sumac, and those are from last year. And the, the nice taste in them, which is kind of a lemonade-like taste, has been leached out by the snow and the, the wind and, and the rains. But they'll be coming along. As I said, they grow very fast. And as Twyla says, they, they don't grow alone, unlike the ash, which is just like an ash, even though it's growing with other trees. The sumac is always a group of sumacs. It's always a clump of sumacs. And they like, as I said, to be out in rough, tough places along the edge of the road. So look for the sumac this summer. Those ripe, uh, those red berries are getting ripe in August, usually the beginning of August throughout the northeast, although it can be later as you go further north. And they're kind of fuzzy. You don't want to just, like, chow down on a mouthful of them. They're not like cherries or raspberries or blueberries. They're kind of fuzzy and dry, kind of droopy things, um, as in the little nodules that make up a raspberry are droops, so they're, they're little things. So what you do is you make a lemonade with them. Put them in a jar, put cold water in with it, let it sit for a while, and then you drink that. In fact, when I'm going to harvest my sumac berries, I touch the fuzzy sumac red berries, and then I lick my lips, and then my fingers are sour, and it tastes like lemonade. Then they're ripe enough to harvest. So (laughs) that's it for this week, and we'll be back next week. Thank you, Grandmother Twyla, for being with us tonight, and we'll be back next week, back to the regular trees of the 13 moons with tree number nine, Hazel. And thank you, Twyla, and thank you to all of the wise women that have been in our lives throughout history, both recognized and unrecognized (laughs) throughout time. And, of course, we recognize Susan Weed. And thank you so much for being part of Main Street Universe with Green Magic Green Medicine. You are so welcome. Thank you for including me. It's an honor to be here with you all. All right. Good night, everyone. Green blessings. And remember, herbal medicine is the medicine that grows right outside your door. It's people's medicine. Absolutely. And, everyone, have a good evening. And keep cooking outside your back door, but don't take anything without consulting an expert. (laughs) Or keep listening to this show. Have a great evening. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Blessed are we in the 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.